Hey, everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by SoundCloud Studios. Visit online at SoundCloudStudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. SoundCloud Studios is the answer. SoundCloud Studios offers fast, affordable, custom web designs at below the competition rate. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at SoundCloudStudios.com. Mention Mike Wagner Show, get 20% off your first project. SoundCloud Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give official shout out to our official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, International Warring Author Mia Molson Zia. If you love fast paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon paperback and ebook. Missing is fast paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love will be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson Zia has garnered great reviews, and Eve Levin enjoys about how its lovers, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Barley, and Manales. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com on over 40 podcast platforms heard in over 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music, and also heard on HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, Oldies Radio, and a few networks coming soon. Take the Mike Widener Show with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Wagner Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok today. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Wagner Show podcast. T-shirts, pot sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies, baseball gear. Makes great, great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Wagner Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia Mosenzia for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Mosenzia. Check it out today. I'll support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and themikewidenershow.com. Make sure you do so today. We're here with a terrific gentleman who's uh, from outside San Francisco. He's a filmmaker, producer, cinematographer, and editor and director for over 10 years in feature films, broadcast commercials, how-to DVDs, and more. He is a multi-war winning film fest winner in Italy, Arizona, and Melbourne. Also nominated in Chicago, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Oakland, Dances with Film Fest, and more. His new release follows Jake, a videographer who discovers um, uh, a portal to another dimension, which he uh, basically just, he has everything he wanted. You know, quickly going back and forth between the two worlds, his wife, his daughter, and everything else, and uh, talks about the alternate and also his other works, like Brother, Strange Thing, and also The Rage. And live, ladies and gentlemen, from Plus Studios, somewhere in the Bay Area, the multi-talented filmmaker, producer, cinematographer, editor, and director for 10 years, ladies and gentlemen, the multi-talented Alric Purcell. Alric, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on the show, man. What a what an intro. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. You got a king's school of accomplishments. It's like, you know, I, I probably just dragging like this for about maybe 20 minutes before we finally get to talking about what you're doing. So <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So it is amazing, too, that you're a film director, producer, cinematographer, editor, and director for over 10 years of uh, feature films, broadcast commercials, how-to DVDs. You're also a multi-war winning uh Film Fest, we're in Italy, Arizona, and Melbourne. You're nominated in Chicago, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Oakland. Also dancing with Film Fest in Los Angeles. You also have a new release, which follows Jake, a videographer uh, who discovers a portal to another dimension, which he has everything. And of course, quickly goes back and forth between two worlds with his wife, Chris, daughter, and everything else. You also have brothers, strange things to rage. And we're going to talk about the alternate as well, too, which is uh, an, an amazing film. Before getting all that, Ulrich, Tell us how I first got started. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I made my first movie in high school um, was when I really first got started with it. Um, I had a couple friends who were making movies um, actually when they were younger. And uh, I got asked to be the the cinematographer on a short film, um, you know, at 16 years old and, mm. you know, got a camera in my hands. And I was working with my buddy had already like directed a couple things and starred in a few movies. And I mean, we we're 16 years old. And so I'm looking at him like he's the one who's accomplished. But of course, <laughs> we, we've all done nothing. Um, but that was really the first thing I ever really made um, as a movie. Uh, and we uh, we all did it together and we like shot on my friend's roof, um, you know, in Albany, California, right outside of San Francisco and um, near Berkeley. And um, yeah, that was sort of like where I caught the bug. And then in high school, I took a couple of video production courses and uh, got a chance to uh, use some more equipment and make some of my own movies. Um, and then that just took me right to college where I um, just kept diving into it. I, I didn't do filmmaking um, in college. I did broadcasting. So I learned like radio and television was my major. And I did lots of classes about like, you know, old school um, video production. Um, but one of the things that was really beneficial to us at the time was the department, uh, the broadcasting department had uh, gone digital where the filmmaking department was still shooting on film back when I was at SF State. Um, wow. And so we got a, yeah, which was like, completely useless yeah, at the yeah, time. I mean, like you know, portals, just like the alternate. So. <laughs> right. so, yeah, so I got to learn a lot of digital cameras um, as a broadcasting major. And then like when I left, when I graduated, I had all these skills. I could like shoot, I could edit, I could do all these things. Um, and then I got a couple jobs uh, working on some movies um, as a PA and even assistant director really early on. And that was sort of how I got my feet wet. And then I got another internship and, just kept on taking jobs and eventually, um, you know, got kind of got ingrained in the the filmmaking community here in the Bay Area. And, you know, I was able to quit my day job and haven't been doing anything but filmmaking or video production since. That is so amazing, too. And of course, you talk about the instances like you have the camera, you have the classes and of course, you have um, the other jobs and everything else. What was that one precise moment of all that simply influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I've always knew that I wanted to make movies, but I, when I was younger, I, I didn't think I could, cause I, I grew up in Berkeley. Like, you know, we were very far from Los Angeles. I mean, ILM was the closest thing, um, that we had to any kind of filmmaking. So there's like a couple of people that like my parents knew who like maybe worked at ILM once or helped out on a movie here or there, but I didn't have any connections to that world. So it kind of felt very distant to me. Um, until like when I started to make my own stuff in high school where it felt like, okay, I could do this. And then suddenly when I was like peeing on, there was a big show that shot in the Bay area for a few years called trauma it was like an NBC universal production. Mm -hmm. So when I got on that show and I was working as a PA and I saw how big it was and like, you know, 200 person crews and like watching the directors do their thing and everything. Um, I, it kind of started to become more real, but I mean, I guess the moment where, like I knew that I was just going to do this for the rest of my life was um, I think I was, I was doing sales jobs and I was also a bouncer um, when I was in my early twenties. And um, one day I got called uh, to work on a movie for like 60 days or 30 days or something. And I just like quit all my other jobs. <laughs> I just was like, oh, I'm kind of in on Monday. Uh, sorry, no two weeks notice or anything. Um, 
yeah, well, you won't see me for a while. <laughs> just, nah, you know, and as a bouncer, <laughs> as a bouncer, it's okay. No one really cares, you know, but as my sales job, I basically couldn't go back there anymore. So <laughs> that was done with. Mm -hmm. But of course you could sell them a, a movie as well too, or maybe some tickets or something and uh, maybe yeah. redemption. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and who are some of your favorite, um, you know, actors, uh, directors and producers and, um, and, uh, and writers growing up? So, yeah, well, in the early days, I was really in, inspired by Quentin Tarantino um, and Martin Scorsese, who were some of my heroes as a young kid. Um, I didn't know it, but I was like a humongous Robert Zemeckis fan. I was like the biggest Back to the Future fan when I was a, oh, a young kid. Yeah. I saw all three. <laughs> that was one of the best. I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that was another one. Too, oh, so. me too. Yeah, that was another one of my favorites, like when growing up. But I didn't even know who Robert Zemeckis was because like I was just watching these movies movies as a kid like oh my god and then by the time I was a teenager that's when I started to like you know associate with directors and like you know really kind of fell in love with the you know Tarantino Kevin Smith you know was a huge influence back in those early days you know and then as I got older starting to get more into the older um, filmmakers like John Carpenter and um, you know uh, David Cronenberg and and those guys from the 80s who had been making these amazing um, you know sci-fi thrillers of horror movies um, and in that era I think that was kind of became my some of my big inspirations for my own work later on um you know when I went and finally got to make my own movies mm -hmm. and of course you know talk about uh, making your own movies and everything else what's your favorite genre and what's your favorite um you know style of directing of course you got the film noir and um you know whatever else it's like what's your um your favorite genre also favorite style of uh directing so I think science fiction um, or any combination of science fiction is, is my favorite. It's like sci-fi thrillers, sci-fi horror, even sci-fi comedy. I think any anything in sci-fi, I just love. Um, I really like film noirs a lot, uh, funny enough. But I mean, I feel like anything that's in a genre, the world of genre. So like it, it doesn't have to necessarily be like sci-fi, but it could be horror. It could be thriller anything with like that kind of genre edge to it. Like I just really, really fall in love with, you know, and as far as like tones and styles, like I think I like when things are a little uncertain where it's like a little bit of a mix of, of inspirations, you know, when you have like something that really feels like, you know, like a, a really classic horror or science fiction movie, but then does something that completely surprises you, like it feels like a completely different genre where you're not expecting that to happen within this type of movie. I think that really, um, it really is exciting. Hmm. That is interesting. You mentioned about the Amethyst and uh, what about some of your other favorite movies growing up? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was really young, I loved the Ninja Turtles. That was like my favorite movie for a very long time. <laughs> not the Michael Bay uh, version. I'm kidding. <laughs> not the Michael Bay. All I did force myself to go watch in the theater, but um, but no, uh, the original Ninja Turtles movies. Um, you know, from the from the early '90s. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think now, like, um, yeah, some of my favorite movies. Uh, I mean, I really like From Dust Till Dawn a lot. Um, you know, talking about uh, Robert Rodriguez and uh, Quentin Tarantino. I mean, that's a really amazing movie I could watch over and over again. Um, I still watch Back to the Future all the time. Die Hard, I watch all the time. Um, Alien and Aliens and Terminator. Mm -hmm. Those those three are like basically on repeat in my house too. And then also another one I have to mention is Fifth Element, which is like a little bit more of a modern day movie, 
but like as far as like a sci-fi epic or even not to call it an epic it's just a sci-fi action movie it's like you, you really can't get much better than the fifth element mm -hmm. yeah i remember watching the fifth element with uh bruce willis in too and that was a really good one and uh going yeah. back to the future i mean you've seen like you know you know so many times let me ask you this what's your favorite scene in back to the future i'm gonna throw this one at you especially in the first <laughs> what's your favorite scene in the first one um yeah my favorite scene in back to the future oh that is such a hard question to answer because i just i really feel like that movie is perfect um i guess you know when when they go back to, in, to, to the future for the well go back back in time for the first time when they like are in the parking lot and it's all kind of being um you know revealed to marty and like he's watching the time machine in action they do the test and then like the you know the terrorists come and you know attack them and then he gets just shot right back into the 50s um that whole sequence is incredible and i i almost cry every time the first you know you see the the machine go back in time i'm like you know i always get a little tear it's just so magical to me mm -hmm. and also keeps you on your feet too it's like you hit that thing at the precise second it's like if it doesn't they're pretty much stuck forever but i still remember the part yeah. where um the, he goes into a diner he goes i like a pepsi free he goes no that's gonna cost you I like a Pepsi free. You remember that? You remember the drink Pepsi free as I get drank it? No, that's gonna cost you. I think that's still funny. They're arguing over that. Oh yeah, so. no, it's hilarious. Eighties slang that like doesn't exist now. You know that doesn't make sense in 1955, and it also doesn't make sense in 1922. In 2022, you know it's like <laughs> it's so funny. Pepsi free. No one talks like that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, and of course you know I go into portals as well too. Also maybe think of it. Uh, you know it talks about the. Um, you know, you know, John, F Ken you know, John F. Kenny says JFK and then looking at what else JFK? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of portals, the other movie I really love a lot that I didn't mention is Stargate. I'm a humongous Stargate fan, which I think is one of the reasons why I like portals so much. And I've made multiple movies and things with portals in them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And of course, you also made a portal yourself with the alternate. We'll talk about that with some of your works and accolades. But first, listen to the Mike Widener Show at the MikeWidenerShow.com, powered by Soundcraft Studios. Visit online at soundcrabstudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at soundcrabstudios.com. Mention the Mike Widener Show. Get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor, the Mike Widener Show, international warring author, Mia Mosenzia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Mosenzia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Mosenzia has garnered great reviews, and Eve Levin enjoys the Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Minimus. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Mosenzia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com with over 40 podcast platforms heard in over 100 countries. Also on HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, Oldies Radio, and a few more. Take us with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to the Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow the Mike Widener Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok today for great gift ideas. Go to Amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash MiaMolsonZF for great books, merchandise, and more. I'll support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM. PayPal and the Mike Widener Show.com. 
Make sure you do so today. We're here with the multi-talented filmmaker, producer, cinematographer, and editor and director for 10 plus years, Oliver Burrell here on the Mike Wagner Show. And um, you've done a lot of things, feature films, broadcast commercials, how-to DVDs. And I guess I, I just kind of asked this question here. It's like, what are your, some of your favorite commercials you've done and some of the how-to DVDs? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. That's funny that you mentioned the how-to DVDs. That's that's a funny um part of my career that I, that I, I've done I've made the whole, the menus, the whole thing, made all the videos that go into them, the whole, the whole deal. Um, so yeah, I guess, um, my favorite commercials are probably the biggest ones that I, that I produced. I worked on a couple, uh, for, uh, the, the NFL and, uh, Doritos. Nice. So we did 20 spots for them, um, back in 2017 that aired on YouTube and they got millions and millions and millions of hits. Um, and it was with different, different football players um, from different teams, like interacting with, uh, with these chips. And the whole, the whole concept was assembly line of the chips coming off the line. And so we like shot in a brewery uh, over here in, in uh, the San Francisco Bay area. And uh, you know, we got a, an FL a star to come out and like, you know, do a, a little gag with, with the conveyor belt and the chips. And we came up with all these props and all these amazing things that we different gags to do with the chips and like shooting them with steam and then like <laughs> blowing them with horns. And it was all kind of designed around um, the different um, fan traditions. Like we had the terrible towels wa waving on the, on the chips in one oh of them. And God. yeah, it was just, it was really fun and inventive and I'm a huge sports fan. So it was cool to like, you know, be a part of something that I love um, and and making an ad for it. So those are probably my favorite of the commercials, um, the how-to DVDs. Um, well, <laughs> so I, I made a few of them. Um, the one that was probably my favorite um, was uh, these. this one I did for, um, and it was funny because we didn't really ever do the DVD part because by the time that we finished the project, DVDs were kind of out of style, you know, um, but it was a series of um, educational lessons on how to do calligraphy. Oh, so awesome. it was um, we, we, we filmed these calligraphy masters um, doing doing different penmanship, um, you know, like you know, basically lessons on how to, to write in, in, in calligraphy. And uh, those are really fun. We had four cameras that we had set up like one over top to like capture the angle of um, just the words and the pen. And then we had one on the hand just to get the hand movement and the way that you hold the pen. And then we had one on the, on the person speaking. And then we had another angle to get, um, you know, details of the writing and everything. So it was really fun to do. And that was probably my favorite. I, I got to mention this other one though. Uh, Heather Howard's this woman that I worked with. She's um, um, a sex therapist basically. And so we oh. made these movies um, about like, it, it's, her, her company is called Ergo Erotics. So it's basically how to um, get back into a relationship, like a physical relationship with your partner after you have um, some sort of injury. So we did all these, these different, um, you know, movements and, and, and you know, like a demonstration on what, how do you, you go into positions that are good if you've had hip surgery or if it's, if you've had back oh, surgery oh my gosh, or, wow. and we spent like four years working on that together and Heather and I became friends. Uh, we worked on that thing for so long. So uh, yeah, shout out to Heather. You should check out Ergo Erotics. It's a really cool company. 
I think we'll make the point in Valentine's Day or uh, maybe like a gift for your lover too. So we'll just make yeah. that point too. Yeah. And of course, I thought yeah, about if you fall the, off a bike or whatever and you got an injury and you still want to get back in, in the sack, it's it's perfect for that. <laughs> oh, there you go. I think we should make a commercial of that too. So, you know, just like the burritos. <laughs> and of course, you know, you know, being a big football fan, I bet you, uh, you probably liked it when you had somebody from the 49ers or the Raiders on too. Could you imagine that? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we didn't have anybody from the Bay Area teams in those those spots we did, which was really unfortunate. But I I did get to meet Jerry Rice once, which was pretty cool. <laughs> but but not not actually. What, oh man, and I worked with another Niner. Gosh, what was it for? It was some sort of thing I did where we had uh, one of the old, the old Niners, and uh, yeah, we did a, a little video shoot with them. God, I can't remember which which one it was though, but. Yeah, what, what, it's always fun. The, what's that from the 80s or 90s or maybe like 2000s or 10 or 20? Or... Yeah, I, I'm not sure. You know, I think it was probably from the from the from the 2010s around there. It was it was a, he was a linebacker. I don't remember his name right now, what, but he was, was a really what, nice guy. Was it Patrick Willis or? It was Patrick Willis. It was. Ah, oh, how you it like was. that? I still remember the ones from the 80s, like Keith Panhorst. And of course, he yeah. had... um. You know, like um, you know, you know, Jack Reynolds. I think you had um, John Lynch in there too. It's like you know, you know, somewhere yeah. along those lines. I remember those guys from the eighties and nineties too, where they won so many Super Bowls. But yeah, Patrick Wills. I think it just hit on the head too. So wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that was that's actually really really funny that you got it right. That was the one I was thinking of. Ah, <laughs> uh, how you like that? Great minds think alike. You're also multi winning uh, film fest winner in Italy, Arizona, and Melbourne. You also got nominated in Chicago, Philadelphia. Arizona, uh, Atlanta, Oakland, Dancing with Film Fest, Los Angeles. And tell us about some of the um, accomplishments as well, too. It's like, like I said, you got a huge yeah. laundry list. That's amazing. Yeah. So the, the alternate did really well. You know, like I'd been working on this movie for eight years, raising the money, getting it together, writing it, building the team. And, you know, we finally got it shot right before the pandemic happened um, in late 2019, early 2020. Um, and then we took a year to do post-production work on it. And then in... Um, I guess it was 2021 is when we did our film festival run and we, uh, we premiered at dances with films in, uh, in Los Angeles. And then, yeah, we got to go to Germany where we got nominated for a bunch of awards that same weekend. We, we played in Italy, which I actually got to go to and we won the gold ring nice. at the Ravenna nightmare film festival, which was like a really a huge honor and completely blew me away. And I mean, we, we, you know, I, I was over there in Italy and I did this, I got like an interview and it, you know, it's complete all in Italian. Like I don't speak any Italian and they had a translator oh, for me and it was, it, it was really fun. And they were so great. The audiences really came out and supported the movies. There was like almost a packed theater uh, for my screening. And, you know, the, it's so interesting because like most American audiences, like when they watch the movie, there's all these like audible reactions, like especially in the bigger moments, like people are like going, oh, and oh, my God, and whatever. And then like, you know, with the Italian audience, it's like dead silent the it, whole time. It, it'd be like an silent. opera, even if it's something funny, too. It's like an <laughs> yeah. opera. But then when the movie ended, it was like erupted with, with like applause. It was crazy. I was like, oh, wow. I mean, it was such a different experience than seeing a movie in America. And then like right after that is when they announced the winners of the awards and they're like, don't go anywhere. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll stay. And then, yeah, when I got the, I mean, I was just completely blown away and we had got a, like a bunch of good reviews in Italy and in the press out there. And it was, it was a really a magical experience. Um, 
you know, sadly didn't get to go to Melbourne because it was during the pandemic. So they didn't, they, they didn't do, I think they did do a live screening, but they weren't allowing film festival uh, filmmakers to travel during that time. So I couldn't go. Um, I didn't get to go to a lot of them. There was like, we, we actually won in Atlanta also. I didn't get to go to that one. Um, but luckily, um, you know, we had one in Phoenix in, in earlier this year, in the beginning of 2022 in, in April, I believe it was. And we won that one also. And I got to go to that one, which was really wonderful. So um, yeah, lots of really amazing experiences and just really lucky and like feel really grateful that audiences have been reacting to the movie the way they have. Cause uh, you know, when you put your whole life into something for someone to react that way and be so excited to see it and, and like it, it, it really does mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly does a lot. And it shows in your work too. You got brother, you got strange thing and also the rage as well too. And uh, tell us about some of those movies. If you got some other works, feel free to talk about those as well. Sure. So those are like my my first short films. Um, Strange Thing was the very first one that I made. And that one played at over 20 film festivals around the world and ended up getting quite a few views online, about 200,000 um, across YouTube and Vimeo over the years. Um, so that was like an amazing experience. And I basically thought that after I made that, that I would be ready to make my, my, my first feature film. But then it took me so long to like raise the money and figure out how to get the alternate made that I just kept on making short films in, in, in between just to kind of keep my, um, you know, my uh, skills sharp. And also because I kind of felt like, especially with the second one with brother, I was like, oh yeah, like I got, I played 20 film festivals. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to like blow them away. I'm going to get all these views. It's going to go viral. It's going to get millions of hits. People are not even like, this movie's going to just blow people away. And then like, I only su- submitted to about, I think 20 film festivals and with strange thing I'd submitted to like over 60 or so. And so we got into only like five or six film festivals, like a really like a a small amount because I didn't apply to very many. And then when we released online, like the reception wasn't nearly the same. Like we got like maybe a few thousand hits in the first week and then, you know, all all said and done, it's probably got like a, a, like 10,000, maybe 12,000 hits. So that movie was like a big lesson in that, like, like you can't like just because you made something that people reacted to really big the first time, it doesn't mean that you can shortcut yourself to success the second time. Like you have to you have to realize like what you did on the first one was like all those steps were all important. Like so like submitting to that many film festivals, spending like two thousand, three thousand dollars on film festival submissions, like all that stuff was huge in the way the movie was received by the world because like got into all these film festivals i won these awards and then when the movie came out online i was able to reach out to those film festivals and promote the release of the movie through the film festivals and if i hadn't done that like which i didn't do for the second movie it just didn't reach nearly as many people like there weren't people just weren't talking about it in the same way and so i kind of learned through that that i was like okay you have to like like respect the process right and like you actually and then don't over like, like don't set your goals too high and like think you're going to achieve something just because you had success the first time. It's like, you have to like each project, you have to basically look at it like from starting from ground zero. It's not like you're, you're building off one to the other. It's like you basically each movie, it's its own thing. And, you know, you have to earn the audience's respect the same way each time, you know? 
Hmm. That's a real interesting point as well, too. And we'll talk about the alternate in just one minute. You listen to the Mike Widener Show at the MikeWidenerShow.com, powered by Sonicwave Studios. Visit online at SonicWaveStudios.com for all he needs. Also brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Widener Show, international warring author, Mia and Molson, Dia Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We'll be back with filmmaker, producer, cinematographer, Ulrich Burrell, after this time. We're back with filmmaker, producer, cinematographer, editor, and director, Ulrich Burrell and Mike First on the Mike Wagner show, we're talking about the movie The Al- the Alternate. I mean, you won all these awards and everything, had a great history, and of course, um, your your latest project as well, too. It uh, follows Jake, a videographer who discovers a portal to another dimension of the world, which has everything he's owned. It's almost like a story where it's like, you know, you, you got the you got your beautiful wife, you got your kids and all that. But going back and forth, you got two different stories. And uh, tell us more about that one inspired to do um the alternate. So um, my first short film, Strange Thing, that we were talking about had a monster in it. And I, I knew that like going into my first feature film, there's no way that I was going to be able to make a movie that had a monster for uh, a 90 minute movie. Like it just wasn't going to happen because uh, the budget would be like, you know, 5 million, 10 million. And there's no way that I was going to raise that kind of money on my first movie. So I was thinking of like, what, what can I do? Like what's going to be on the other side of a portal, like on the, in another dimension that's scarier than um, a monster. And I just thought of like the worst version of myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of like the starting point for like coming up with that idea. And then I wrote the ending of the movie first, which I don't know if you've seen it, but it's got a very, strong surprising ending and then from the ending i i, I kind of wrote uh back towards it from the beginning and like kind of got our characters to to the to where it ends you know and that's sort of my approach of how i looked at it and i, I drew a lot from my life as a videographer um you know and, and a filmmaker like trying to make my first feature and i kind of infused a lot of that kind of um you know, those struggles and some of the, even the conversations I've had with my wife about like, you know, raising money to make movies um, and using our own personal money to make movies, um, you know, into the, into the script. So there's a lot of like my real life experience that like is like laid into the story, you know, and then that's kind of like how the two different versions of Jake were born. It's like the worst version of myself basically. And then the best like, you know, most aspirational version of myself as the other version. So that was sort of where I got the the two different sides and what how I came up with this, this idea of the two different worlds that these characters live in. Mm-hmm. And, and also, too, that's going back and forth. You got, um, you know, you know, his wife and then uh, and of course, his wife marries somebody else. And of course, he has a beautiful daughter and a daughter he never knew. So, I mean, that's got to be something to. <laughs> You know, hard to do right. and you know, describe and everything else. So it sounds like, you know, the ultimate back to the future right there. Yeah, well, it's well, it's the, the really thing that's the messed up part is it's like she didn't marry somebody else that it's just it is him. It's just not the the man he is. Right. Like, so it, it's hard. It's like you can't really be jealous of someone else that has created this life that you wish you had when it's like you actually see that it's it's you who've created it in this other world. And, and the way that the character interprets that is like, oh, well, it's, it's not that I haven't done it yet. It's that, oh, the, it's just like, I, they basically start to think that they did do it, but they just, but they didn't, but they want to take the credit for doing it. And they want to feel like they deserve it, even though they don't, you know? So that's why he starts to get attached to this other world, to this other version of his wife, this, this daughter that he's never had. And this, this filmmaking career that he's been longing for, for a long time. And then he 
basically decides that, you know, he's the one who deserves it. He tries to take it from his other self. So it's not like it's that's like she married somebody else. She still married him. It's just like he became a much better person in this other world, you know. Hmm. That's rather interesting as well, too. And uh, and, and, and what do you want uh, audiences to uh, get from the movie? You know, um, I really wrote this movie to be a, about like entitlement, you know, and how like people feel like they should have everything instantly, you know, just given to them. Like, you know, they should just, yes. oh, uh-huh. yeah. Like I want, like, you know, I think it comes from, from our cell phones, right? Like we, we have instant gratification with technology. Like everything is right at our fingertips. We have access to it, you know, in, in less than a second to, to anything that you could ever think of. And I think that people walk into situations kind of expecting it to be the same way that like, they're just going to be instantly great at something and they're instantly going to win and they're instantly going to have everything they want. And what I wanted to show is that like, well, even if you did walk into the perfect version of your life and you instantly did have all these things, like you don't actually deserve them and you therefore you can't really actually enjoy them or have them, you know, and that was sort of the theme, you know, uh, my thesis for the for the story. So I hope people watch this movie and really get a kick out of it and enjoy it. And they start to ask themselves these questions like, like, what would I do if I was presented with a portal? Like, would I go inside the portal? Would I try to? Ups, like take my perfect life from my other self or would I take this information and actually do something good for my own self with it? You know, like I, I think those are the kinds of questions I want people to be asking themselves after they, they watch this movie. That's really interesting as well, too. And we're looking forward to it. Where can we find the alternate and all your works at? So uh, the alternate is coming out on digital and DVD on September 13th, on Tuesday, the 13th. Um, and uh, it'll be available on Amazon, on, um, you know, Vudu, uh, anywhere that you can rent or, or buy a movie online. Like, you know, if you've got Comcast, Spectrum, like all the different, um, you know, uh, cable, uh, you know, on demand sources. Uh, I have the full list, but it's pretty much everywhere that you can rent a movie. It could be online. And then you can also buy the DVD. We've got special features. We've got two um, audio commentaries and um, deleted scenes and behind the scenes featurettes and everything. And that you can all find on my website at uh, allarpercell.com. We'll certainly check that out. We're once again with a uh, filmmaker, producer, cinematographer, editor, and director, Arik uh, Purcell here on the Mike Widener Show with The Alternate. And uh, Arik, what else can we expect from you in 2022 and beyond? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm working on another movie night right now with my producer, Jeffrey Allard, and um, we don't know when that movie is going to shoot or what's going to happen with it, but uh, it's going to be a thriller, um, like 90s uh, type of a modern um, Western type story uh, with lots of fun characters and lots of, um, you know, just like a really fun story, um, but I can't really say much about it. But it's uh, it's all gonna be uh, set in this the backwoods of America. So that that's gonna be really fun. Um, but yeah, I think for right now you just look out for the alternate. You know, um, watch the movie. Uh, I would love to hear what you think of it. I'm on all the social medias. I'm on Twitter, um, Instagram at Alark Brussel, and also on Facebook Alark Brussel. And the movie The Alternates on all the all the sites as well. Alternate Film on Facebook and Instagram. So just um, and Twitter too, alternate film one. So just find find us, uh, watch the movie, rate it on IMDb Pro, rate it on uh, um, you know Letterbox. Just you know, give it some love, and uh, I hope that you guys like it. We certainly will do so and check that out. And uh, who do you consider biggest influence in your career? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think it really would be um, 
I think John Carpenter is Robert Rodriguez and or also David Krokenberg. <laughs> Taking three, three people. Those are my biggest influencers at the moment. And I, I love all their films. And I, I really like look to them to like, you know, think about the way that I um, tell my stories and um, think about, you know, my filmmaking. That's certainly interesting as well. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Um, well, I think for any artist or anyone who was trying to, to, to make something and, and, you know, um, follow a career that they're not necessarily getting paid to do as their main thing. I just say, keep doing it, you know, do what, do with what, do what you love. Don't give up on it. Um, you know, it, it may feel like it's, um, a long way away from your dream and like what you want to actually do, but, you know, just trust me, like if I can figure out how to make my first feature film and get it released and distributed and be talking to people like Mike um, on the Internet right now, I think anyone can. So just go out there and make your movie or paint your painting or open your restaurant or, you know, brew your beer, whatever it is. You oh, know, I'm right and for do one it. since you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or have some Doritos with your favorite uh, football player from the 49ers. Too, so. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh that's something we're here with uh our Purcell of the alternate here with mike wagner show all right a very big thank you for your time you've been absolutely fantastic learned a lot from you looking forward to having soon make sure you keep this up to date keep in touch love to have you back and once again tell us about your upcoming projects what's your website how do people contact and people purchase check out or especially uh looking for the alternate so you can find me at www.allarkbrussell.com. I also have my own podcast. I got to give a shout out to makingmoviesishard.com. That's my filmmaking podcast. We do a once a week episode about, um, you know, how the struggles of being an independent filmmaker. I do it with my co-host, Liz Minichelle, who's also a, a two-time feature filmmaker. And we have guests on from all over the world talking about how they're making their movies. Um, so make sure to check out Making Moves is Hard as well. Um, and yeah, this, you know, September 13th, that's the big date. Look out for the alternate, buy it, rent it. We've got a pre-order link um, through iTunes right now. So find it on iTunes, pre-order the movie. Um, the more pre-orders we get, the better. So yeah, get out there and give the alternate some love. That's all I got to say. We certainly will do so. Once again, all a very big thank you for your time. You have been absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to having it soon. Make sure you keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love having you back. Wish you all best. And Ark, you definitely have a great future ahead of you. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. This has been fun.